Hi, um, I'm Bobby uh, from Massachusetts, at, right outside of Boston, and my um, and I'm a food addict. And um, I'm thank I want to thank Lorraine for asking me to speak tonight. Uh, this is really a privilege, especially today. Today, March 26, marks 23 years that I have been working this program uh, the way I work it. I am in a special focus group that's called the 90-Day Group up here in Massachusetts. When I came in, I had no idea there was any other way that people did program. And I knew I was a sugar addict. So when they told me no sugar, no flour, three weighted measured meals a day, nothing in between, um, I didn't think too much of it. You know, I knew that I was a sugar addict. So I'll go backwards of how I got here. So how I got here was, you know, I am um uh I'm an only child. Uh I had a wonderful parents. If I can say anything negative about them, it's that they loved me too much. You know, um they really did everything for me. They were wonderful, wonderful people. I am so blessed that that's where I was born into. Um and but I was like a regular kid. I was never fat as a kid. You know, I ran around and did everything. Um but sometime around 11, you know, I uh Developed a little early, earlier, um, and I grew taller. Kids weren't real tall when I was a kid growing up. And, um, you know, I hated myself. I started to hate my body then because I felt like I looked different and I felt uncomfortable. And, and I wasn't fat, you know, um, but I'm built. Um, you know, I grew up in a time, especially by the time I got to be a preteen, uh, I was born in a time when um, the end of the Twiggy time and the beginning of the Kate Moss type of time or something. So the look was to be like no real curves. And unfortunately, I'm built, you know, bottom heavy like a pear, you know. And at the time, I had a great shape. I'd have killed for it now. But at the time, you know, I didn't appreciate it. I thought I was fat. I wanted to be real skinny. I wanted to be tall. I wanted to have long blonde hair, blue eyes, and a pug nose. I am did not look like that at all. You know, I'm four foot eleven, and um, you know, like I said, I'm built like a pear. I'm probably got more in common, uh, body shape wise, with a J Lo than I did with a or a Kardashian than I did with you know the present model of the time. So I went from the time I was thirteen to the time I was twenty five. Uh, I restricted. In college, I switched my sugar addiction to get it in a liquid form, you know, and I drank instead, but I didn't eat a lot. Um, and um, so I was a restrictor, a restrictor. And at one point, I restricted so well that I lost 11 pounds in one week when I didn't have 11 pounds to lose. And I used to think, oh, my God, if I got up to 120 even in the old days when I was a teenager, I would have stopped eating completely. Um, you know, and then I thought, oh, my God, if I ever got up any, who would ever want to be 200? Oh, dear God, you know, shoot me is what I'd think. That's what I was a teenager, 16. Well, well, lo and behold, when I control my disease, I stayed thin and I looked normal. I passed. My head was crazy, 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 but I didn't know it. Um, but all of a sudden, the disease took control of me right around 26, started. It started right around the 25, 26. I started to lose the ability. I still could control, but not as well. I couldn't do the old starving for two or three days, you know, not eating for a couple of days uh, and that sort of stuff. But I was able to stay on a diet. And I did a lot of the glorious, I'm a generation of the glorious Stevens, 
exercise thing and I would spend hours there and then um, come home and have to stop and get something, you know. And um, But I, I still could pass. I could still pass for normal size, you know. Um, and it just got worse and worse, you know. And when I was 25, um, life did not treat me the way I wanted it to me. I lived in a fantasy world that I was going to go to college, graduate from college, get my, I wanted to be a teacher then at the time, um, you know, get this teaching job, meet Mr. Wright, and have my house with a white picket fence and start a family and blah, 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 blah. None of that is what happened to me. None of that came to fruition. And uh, at the time especially, I could not deal. I could not deal. And so what happened was, uh, what am I going to do? What does a good addict do? Well, I could have been drinking, drinking, drinking. But luckily for me, when my disease took off, uh, I was hanging with eating friends, eating buddies. Um, and that is a gift. And I will be forever grateful that when my disease, when I crossed that line they talk about in the big book, where I no longer, when one was too many and a thousand wasn't enough, I thank God every day it was the food and not the alcohol or the drugs, you know, or the pot um, or another myriad of things. So thank you, God. Um, that's what happened to me. So, of course, I didn't rush right into program. No, no. And my weight kept going up, going up exponentially, you know. And um, finally, I came to program and um, I uh, came in around 40. So now we can do the math. You'll know how old I am. Um, and I came in. Uh, because my went to have a physical, and the doctor said to me, she didn't care what I did, um, but I had to do something. And uh, because my blood pressure was uh, 200, I think, something, over 150, and I was ready to have a stroke. And she said, if you don't do something, you know, I don't really care. I just want you to lose a little bit, like 20 pounds even, like, you know, whatever. Um, I came in here at 260 pounds, and I'm four foot eleven. So I was as wide as I am tall. And she said, I don't care what you do. It's just that you're you're going to be dead by 45 if you don't do something. And your family history is far too frightening for you to be fooling around with. And that's the truth. My parents, my father had a heart issue, heart attacks. My mother had had a heart attack or stroke. I mean, she was okay um, and all that stuff. But anyways, somebody broke their anonymity at another 12-step program I was in and told me about OA. Now, I'm not going to tell you I rushed over right away because I did not, you know, but I did come because I heard God's voice say to me, um, I heard the steps being read at another place, and I thought, my God, I'm powerless over sugar. I cannot stop eating sugar products. That's what I lived on. And I thought to myself, that little tiny M&M has more power over me than I have. I cannot stop. I could not stop. You know, I would start every morning and saying, this is it. This is it. I'm going to stop. And when the doctor told me she didn't care what I did, it was on my birthday, as a matter of fact, um, in October. And I didn't come in until March. So you see, I did not race here to get here at the time. Um, I thought, oh, I'll do Weight Watchers again. And those are wonderful programs that if you're not a food addict, but I am a food addict that has really, really is out of control, and I could not stop. So I eventually did get to program. I came in. There was a meeting. At the time, there were two meetings practically in my backyard here in Waltham, Mass., 
And um, one was on a Monday night and one was on a Wednesday night. And I walked into that meeting Wednesday night, March 8th, was when I walked in. Um, and I walked in there. I knew I was home. I did not come into OA to lose weight. I came into OA specifically for the steps because I didn't think that I would ever lose the weight that I needed to lose. Um, I lost 100. I did release 130 pounds. I'm not going to tell you I lost it because I know exactly where it is. It's sitting right out in that parking lot. You know, um, it's there. It's there if I pick up. So I came in March 8th. So I was eating, eating, eating. March 8th, walked into that meeting at eight at 7 o'clock on a Monday night and um, heard somebody tell my story. I could not believe I was hearing these people talk about food the way I treated it. I was like, wow. And I just was impressed, and I cried through the meeting, not because I was sad. I cried because of relief. Like, thank God it's not a moral issue. It isn't me. It's not my problem. It's like I have a disease. So I went in that day, came home that night, got on my knees and thought, well, if it works for those people, why not for me? And I said, God, would you please relieve me of this compulsion of mine to eat sugar? I hadn't gotten the flower part yet for me. Sugar. And it was released that night. I have not had sugar in my body since March 8th of 2000. It took me about 14 days more um, to, or more than that, to get a, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, 17 days to get a sponsor. Um, and I got a sponsor at another meeting that's not far from me. I'm very blessed. We had meetings, loads of meetings in my area. I was very, very blessed. So I could go to a meeting almost every single night because I couldn't sit in front of the TV because that's where I ate. So I had to be out. And I had the worst detox ever. It was horrible, horrible. And what I ended up doing is I always had a, a place in my house. I call it the no eating zone. And in my case, um, it's my bedroom. I never ate in my bedroom. And so when I would feel like eating or I was feeling tired or things were getting to be too much, if I wasn't making phone calls and that kind of thing, I would go into my room and just, that was it. I'm going to bed like really early or I'm at a meeting and as soon as I came home to the meeting, I'm in the bed, you know, and um, I read literature before each meal just so I would hear the message, hear the message. And um, as I said, I was making phone calls and doing all the other things that the tools that they have that we do. And um, and so March March 25th, I got a sponsor, but my mother was rushed to the hospital with renal failure. My father was already in a nursing home. And I, um, the next day, though, I don't know what made me, It's again, God. It's got to be a higher power because I certainly wouldn't have been, I would have been like, oh, this isn't a good time to start this nonsense, this stuff. I'll just wait. I'll be okay. Um, but I didn't. I called the next day my sponsor and I got put on a food plan. And from March 26th was my first abstinent day, the way it's laid out here in my 90-day program. And, um, you know, and I mean, I almost balked when she told me I had to drink certain, like at the time, uh, black coffee, black tea. Here, people do different things, but this is the way I was brought up um, in program. And so anyways, to make a long story short, uh, not short because it's a long story. So I lost the weight. The weight flew off from March 8th to March 31st. I lost 31 pounds. Goes to show how much crap was going in my mouth. I probably should use nicer language. 
all this junk that I was eating. And um, and I was eating three measured weighted measured meals. It wasn't like I was starving. Let me tell you, I had salad that looked like it would be enough to feed, you know, I don't know, a couple of people. Um, somebody made a comment where I was working once, a very heavy woman, and she was like, oh, my God, I could never eat all that food. And I looked at her and I said, yeah, I said that too at one time, you know. And um, so anyways, as I progressed, the weight just flew off. Melted, melted, melted. I got myself involved in a close study of the 12 steps. And um, thank God I was in studying the steps and working the steps because four months after I was in program, July 23rd, my mother died. And that was devastating. I would have probably beat her or shortly after. I would have ate myself to death or drank myself to death um, had had that not been. We were so, so close. My parents were like my best friends. You know, um, and then six months after that, I lost my father and I never ate over any of those things. Uh, people from program were right there for me. Um, you know, I, and I'm blessed. I have a lot of civilian friends too. You know, I'm very blessed. So, um, I got through that without eating. And, um, so one of the funny things is I'm not sure how much time I have left, so I don't want to overdo. So I was 260 pounds. I destroyed a freezer case um, looking for my fix for Ben and Jerry. It was my ice cream, and I'm having a torrid love affair with them. And I went in one time looking for a certain flavor and couldn't find it. And um, this is before program. And um, completely ransacked the thing until I could find this, you know, uh, freezer-burned little um, thing, little pint of them. And uh, I was thrilled, fine. It was my favorite, favorite flavor. And I felt so relaxed after I got that. And then I thought, who the heck messed up this stupid, um, you know, a case? Jeez Louise, WTF. They should take better care of their thing. And I realized uh, they didn't do it. You did it, Bobby. So uh, I knew I crossed the line then, too. And so I have a really funny, funny story that shows. Reminder, five minutes remaining. Thank you very much. So when I lost all my weight, I lost 130 pounds, like I said. I was housing for somebody once, um, and um, I, uh, they didn't. They gave me the wrong key. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to get into this house? How am I going to get into this house? And I looked down, and I saw that they had a doggy door there. And they had a dog that was a, a German, not a German shepherd. I think it was a husky type. But anyways, I looked at the doggy door, and I thought, huh, I wonder if I can fit in there. And do you know I could fit in that doggy door so I could get into that house, unlock the door, feed the animals, and call the people and tell them that they gave me the wrong key. And they were like, how'd you get in? Did you have to break a window? I'm like, nope, came in the doggy door. And that is a hysterical thing because at 260 pounds, I would not have been able to get into a doggy door. And I don't know what I would have done to get into that house. So, you know, that's kind of a hysterical thing. And I just want to end as, like I told you, I had always wanted to be a teacher. So program allowed me to go back to school. I got my master's degree in special education. I got to take that dream, the deferred dream that was sitting on a, on the shelf collecting dust and dusted off and went back and got my master's degree, graduated, and I have been working as a special educator in a private school teaching science for the last nine years, probably I've been doing science at this specific place nine years, and um, I am so happy. I love my job. 
You know, um, there are days it's tough. It wasn't easy during COVID, but we did it. And um, I have to say that my best, day, my worst day now is better than my best day ever was in the food, you know. And um, I don't want to go back there. I'm not planning on it. So what do I do is I attend meetings. I do at least three meetings a week. I'm in a lot of programs, so I have to do other meetings too. Um, because when I put the food down, I discovered uh, the whack-a-mole thing, you know, and so all of a sudden I had to go to, so I belong to the beverage club, I belong to the food club, and I belong to the banking club. I realized I needed something because I was spending money hand over fist. I already was before, but um, I had to, uh, you know, because all of a sudden you look good in clothes. You can buy your buy and buy and buy it. And so I belong to other 12-step programs that help me with those other things. And I only mentioned them so that that's how I learned about them so that I knew what I needed to do too. Uh, let's see, what do I do? I make, I work the tools um, to the best of my ability. I make phone calls. I go to meetings. I do a lot of service. I am currently the chairperson of my Mass Bay intergroup up here in the Boston area. Um, I um, attend Region, I'm a delegate. I'll be at the Region 6 Assembly this coming in Albany. I'm looking forward to that. I do um, other service at the group level. I do service when I'm asked. I speak. I qualify when I'm asked to qualify if I if it's at all possible. Um, I believe it's very important for us to carry the message. And I also feel that it's really important for us when we do talk to somebody or or we do break our anonymity that we are practicing the program and that we are demonstrating the steps. And we are demonstrating how recovery has changed our lives. You know, physically, it's it's been a gift. I'm not going to complain. I went from a size 24 to a to a size 8, and it never gets old. Never gets old uh, to put on a bathing suit in the summer and not care, or put on my shorts. I mean, I used to wear black stretch pants and a long sweater under a tur- you know thing all the time and pretend that I liked doing that. I did it because I didn't I didn't look good in anything else, you know, or I thought I didn't look good in anything else. I wasn't one of those people that um, thought I still looked great, you know. So um, I certainly wasn't going to put a bathing suit on, let me tell you that. So um, I've got probably about 10 of them now. I don't know how many bathing suits I have now. Um, uh, but anyways, thank you so much for letting me share. I hope I made some sense. But I will tell you that I know that this is higher power doing for me. You know, I do my first three steps. That's the other thing I do in the morning. I take quiet time and I say the first three steps and I do the seventh, um, the seventh uh, uh, step, step, step seven prayer too, I say um, also. And step three prayer, I do that all the time too. I've just completed the big book step study process. I'm working on my amends right now. And... Um, we are the lucky ones, the people that are online here, the people that go, are going into the meetings, the people that are working this program. I have a dear friend I just lost to another addiction two weeks ago, and she was not. She was given the opportunity too, but didn't want to do the work or or admit powerless that, number one, the biggest, best step you ever do, as I tell everybody, is when we walked into these rooms. That was the most important step. And then the rest of them are super important. But the gift you gave yourself when you said, I've had enough, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I'm going to be willing to be willing to be willing to do this. 
I'm going to sit and listen, take the cotton out of my ears and put it in my mouth and be willing. And I think that's the biggest thing is I thank God every day. I don't know why I was one of the chosen ones. I don't know, but I'm thankful every day that God let me be willing to be willing, you know, and um, open our hearts, right? So thank you very much for letting me share. My name is Bobby, and um, I will give my um, other contact information after. Thank you.